Hello, and welcome to episode 96 of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. And my name is Samantha Blackman, and I'm an associate professor here at Purdue University in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana, where I talk about, read about, write about, dream about, amongst other things, video games, video games, video games. And I can't wait for my son. I apologize in advance because I thought my voice was back and I feel like I'm losing it again. So, um, this is episode 96 um, where we are joined and we are joined by science fiction author and Bioware Canada community manager Dave. I should have asked you this beforehand. Hulgard? It's, it's Hulgard. Hulgard. I never knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I recognized as soon as I started to say your name that I did not ask about correct pronunciation. I didn't um, get it right until I was at least five. So, <laughs> so I don't I feel you on that as a carabinus. Yes. <laughs> uh, so um, we'll start with an intro of Dave in just a moment. But so we'll, before those, before that, we'll run through these unimportant people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And we'll start with uh, you, Care Venus, since you have announced yourself. Um, yeah, that's my name, <laughs> Alicia Care Venus. It rhymes with penis. Um, <laughs> oh, my son would be dead. Otherwise, he's sitting yeah. behind me somewhere yeah. going, "What?" Um, I uh, I'm a lecturer at Purdue in the English department. I'll be starting a PhD there in the fall, working with uh, Sam. As her personal servant for five uh, years, yes. And I promise, I swear more than the rest of these women. <laughs> uh, we'll go in the order that I see people. Ashley. Hello, I'm Ashley Barry. I work at a publishing house in Boston called Hachette Book Group, and um, I also write for Not Your Mama's Gamer. And yeah. I'm cool. I like dogs. <laughs> so that's cool. That's a nice segue into Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also like dogs, if you can't tell. Um, I'm Charlotte Hyde. I'm a um, doctoral candidate at Purdue. Also in the Rec Comp program. I am the resident Lego scholar. I've had a hard week, so I can't wait to get to the Legos tomorrow. Woohoo. And I plan Ooh. to lose myself in them for hours. <laughs> Yay. And Wendy. I am Wendy Sierra. I am an assistant professor of English and Digital Cultures and Technologies at St. John Fisher College in Rochester, New York. And I am enjoying my beautiful spring break <laughs> with giant scare quotes around spring because I think the high yeah. today was like 15 feels like negative one. <laughs> yeah. Feels like spring. It's here not much better here. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to drop down to like negative 10, negative 15 tonight. Actual temp, so. I am so... Yeah. I, I I don't know who in the group is going to Tampa in two I weeks, am. I can't wait. It's supposed to be in the 80s. I think I might die. I don't even remember what 80 feels like. I don't I know. And the, the email today said, bring your sunscreen. I was like, sunscreen? <laughs> your what? For what? <laughs> <laughs> My friend and I just started re-watching Game of Thrones. I don't know if anybody watches that. And we got to the part where... The Does anybody like, watch Game of Thrones? 
We got to the part where the nurse is like, sweet summer child, what do you know of winter when the nights are long and people freeze and live and die and never see the sun? And I was like, I know, right? <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> so high. Excellent. Hello. And I did I did kill my video, I'm sorry, because I'm down to like two bars on my connection and everybody was starting to look real freakish. Okay. Well so if it comes that. back I'll I'll pull it back. So and uh Dave. Hulagard. Well, oh it's <laughs> nice to meet everybody. Uh, my name is Dave Hulagard. I am the community manager for Bioware on uh, the Dragon Age and Mass Effect franchises. Uh, that's kind of my day job. By night, I uh, I write science fiction and paranormal and pretty much anything that just strikes my fancy at any given moment. Woo, writers! <laughs> <laughs> and that's about as exciting as life gets. Like, I get to be on podcasts every so often, so this is cool. Thanks for letting me in. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Yeah. We're a wild bunch, so watch out for us. Um, so we do this. We do our kind of our normal thing is to start off with what you, what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking, which are three very important things. Um, and um, and then we'll have a couple quick news items, and we'll jump into all the questions we want to bombard you with, um, and have a, a a hopefully civil conversation. Kidding. Um, <laughs> And since you are our guest, we will start with you this evening. Dave, what you playing? Uh, right now, <laughs> believe it or not, I'm I'm playing Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, <laughs> I know, a right? big surprise, well, huh? Well, that's a surprise. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like part enjoyment and part work, but all awesome. So uh, it's it's just fun to, to play around. Like multiplayer is good stuff, and I get beat horribly because everybody's way better than me. So it's one of the secrets <laughs> of the industry. But we're all pretty awful. Cool. <clears throat> all right. So we will jump in. I'll tell you what I'm playing. Well, because um, I'm always playing a little bit of everything because I have to play. I have a six-year-old, so I have to play different things uh, during the day than I do at night. <clears throat> <laughs> um, so in my six-year-old awake time, I've been playing uh, Raymond Legends. Yeah, Xbox One. Well, because it was, you know, even though I, I teased Charlotte terribly when she was playing it nonstop when it first came out, so <clears> when it came out for the Xbox One, and then it was free this month, I was like, well, I'll play a little bit of this. So this week uh -huh. I've been playing a lot of Raymond Legends, um, and being told what to do by a very by a very bossy six year old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've also been playing some Destiny. Um, with Alicia, believe it or not, yeah, um, she, she got to join in the party and play some uh, Destiny with uh, with uh, Ricky and I, who is not here tonight. Who usually is here? Boo. Okay. So and uh, and then on handhelds, I've been playing Majora's Mask, of course. Um, anybody, I think anybody with 3DS right now is playing Majora's Mask. Um, and then I broke down because I was feeling real nostalgic. Because um, I've been playing a bunch of, not only, I was playing, feeling nostalgic because I've been playing a bunch of stuff from the 80s in my game's narrative course because we've been talking about games from the 80s um, and reading Ready Player One by Ernest Cline. Um, so I was feeling kind of real nostalgic, so I bought uh, Qbert Rebooted uh, <laughs> for the Vita. 
Um, and I realized that, or I remembered and then realized, I remembered that I was horrible at that game when it first came out and then realized that I hated it when it came out. <laughs> and I still hate it. So, hey, <laughs> nostalgia's a bitch and then you die um, after you waste your seven bucks. <laughs> well, that took a dark turn. <laughs> so that's what I've been playing. Alicia, what you Yo. playing? <laughs> uh, well, you already said I was playing Destiny, so yeah, there's that. Um, I played a little bit of Rayman Legends because, you know, it's the free game on the, the Oon right now. Uh, I'm going to make that happen. Uh, it was okay. Shush, you... Um, I remember kind of like Sam that when I was in the middle of it, I don't really like platforming. <laughs> it's not my jam. Oh, hey, there's a two-year-old who just came in here who should be with her dad. Hi, two-year-old. Um, come here. I'm sorry. Um, I'm but sorry. mostly what I've been playing, I replayed Life is Strange, and um, yay. I replayed Life is Strange, which I really enjoyed. I I played Resident Evil Revelations 2, which I did not enjoy at all. It was one of the worst experiences I've had lately. Because it was just boring. It was so boring. And then I saw that. Did you guys see this? That the episode, the second episode is out now? I'm like, if you're going to release an episode like every week or two, do you understand what the episodic format is for? Like, what are you doing? The second episode of what is out already? It's actually coming out though next week or the week after. Yeah. Oh, cool. cool. Nice. I'm impressed she said my name. I feel loved again. Uh Wendy, what you playing? Ah, that's a good question. Let me go back to the doc and remember. Wait, <laughs> like, um, hey, well, oh, I gotta ask you. I, okay, was that the question? No, the second one. Why? Well, oh, um, well, I'm working on no, some projects, and I haven't. Uh, I never played the first or second Fallout, and so I kind of wanted to go back and have a point of reference. Um, and it's a game that is older than games that I normally play. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I will say, though, um, I have a character that has an intelligence of three. Uh, and so, <laughs> like, when I'm leaving the starting area, right, and the uh, wise woman is giving me the, the quest, she's like, go to town. <laughs> Find Bob. Shiny bottle. Bob. Uh, so they, like, they change your response, what responses you can have to people based on what your intelligence is. And since I have the character with such a low intelligence, like... Uh, you can kind of grunt at people, is what you're saying. I, I thought, oh, yeah. Um, at one point, uh, I went up to the slavers because I was trying to finish a quest, and they invited me to be a slaver with them, and my chat option was, Bobo make ill? Uh, yes. Bobo make ill. Uh, and then there was one where um, 
I don't know. They had chat options, and I pissed pissed somebody off, and she called her guards. And so my my response to her was, "Bobo, go with metal people now." <laughs> <laughs> so that's been entertaining, but it also makes it really hard to finish the game because uh, all of the quest givers think that my character is such an idiot that they usually won't give him quests. Uh, Oh, wow. <laughs> Which makes a challenge, um, but that's been pretty fun, yeah. And then uh, sort of, well, so I started playing Evil Within with a friend, and because I was like, you're not going to beat me, Evil Within. You're not, you're not going to win. I will win this contest. Um, and that's not the case. It's still boring as crap, and I still... Oh, I was hoping you would say something else. <laughs> no, I, I'm not even sure we made it halfway through and then put it down and we're like, all right, well, we want to play something fun, but it obviously can't be that game. So then we picked up uh, Outlast and played through the DLC. Pretty cool. Uh, and then played Bioshock again, because who doesn't want to love Bioshock now and again? Yes. Love Bioshock. The original Bioshock? Yep. Well, yeah, because I haven't played Infinite, and I want to play that. I mm -hmm. got it, like, during one of the Steam sales uh, at Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, let's play the first one, and then, you know, you got to pre-game it. So that's my I list. That's my list. Uh, Charlotte, what you playing, hon? Okay, there might be sound effects. Apparently it's playtime at 9.20 every time. I don't know. She doesn't do this on any other night. But So I've been playing Raven Legends, which I love. Um, I love it so much that, I mean, my, my thumbs literally get bruised because I get so intense. Um, I just love that game. It makes me happy. I don't understand how, like, the music doesn't make you happy. And the, I thought it was okay. The jumping and the smiling. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then I've been playing uh, Majora's Mask, of course, on the 3DS. So mostly this week, I think, was Raymond Legends. <laughs> these, uh, these background noises are really adding to the I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel right now because I don't love Rayman. Like, I feel like, like you're threatening me with your dog. Yeah. Well, she's she's biting me though, so I don't know. What she's I know, like. but if I don't give in, she might bite me. <laughs> she thinks I'm her chew toy, which is not the greatest situation. It's like a subconscious threat, like Raymond or Elf. Yeah, or Star Wars. <laughs> oh, good, we found the squeaky. All right. Yeah. So everybody's safe now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Silence. All right. Where, where are we? I feel like we're lost. And I, I know. Really Charlie, so you play Raven and what else? Uh, Majora's, Majora's Mask. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah Majora's Mask. Um, I I played that. Uh, it's it's uh, I don't even know where I am. I got past the snowy thing. Can I? I don't. I, we're not doing gamer confessions anymore, but can I just say that I hate Majora's Mask? Hate no, it. no, you can't. Hate it. Say whatever you want. It's like Link's big bitch quest. They took all the things that I hated about Zelda and crammed them straight into one game. Go get this. Go get that. I like that hat. Get it yourself. Says <laughs> <laughs> the woman who plays like wow nonstop. <laughs> 
That's different to say, I mean, I don't understand. No, apparently I don't. You don't know, you don't know me. <laughs> I really like the Majora's Mask. It's really the first Zelda game I've played, though, so I don't really have, like, a, you know, ongoing, you know, issue with it, but. All right, so, Ashley, honey, what you playing? <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm playing Majora's Mask as well. <laughs> Speaking um, of, yeah, um, I'm playing. Oh, I started this uh, little indie game called Flow, where you play a, a very pretty-looking mm -hmm. amoeba. And yep. it's very cool. Yeah. It's a beautiful puzzle game. Um, and you don't have to fetch anything. Samantha's just shaking her head. Flow, journey, all that shit just went right, apparently right over my head. <laughs> I love it. I bought it and I wanted to throw my whole fucking penis three out of the window. <laughs> and I just don't get it. If there was a little dude, if there was a little dude in journey and he was like, hey, go get the stupid bunny hat for me. With that, like, no, if there was a little dude with a big ass shotgun that went around shooting people. Really, <laughs> It would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> I Thank you very much. Oh, I remember how we were going to behave. Yes, I know. I'm stopping. <laughs> I also I downloaded uh, Five Nights at Freddy's three tonight. I want to do a Power Hour review. Is it good? It looks frightening. Well, I'm so excited. I, I haven't played the third one, but I love them so. Yeah, so I do too. Awesome. They don't really change the mechanics that much. No, but I feel like this one, um, I watched some Let's Play videos of it, and um, it, he doesn't put the camera, or I don't know. It, I, I, is it a guy that's the main character? I don't even know. Why um, do we assume Of course. I don't know. <laughs> um, so anyway, the protagonist always puts up the camera like to his face, and then it like blocks out everything else. This time, you can actually see like around the camera, which is really terrifying. So you, now you can see the animatronics like running past you and through the windows. And oh my god, <laughs> I'm so excited to get the shit scared out of me. Uh, I know what I'm getting this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, those are the. Oh yeah, and I beat Neverending Nightmares too, which is a um, indie game, and the developer has. Um, like OCD and some, you know, it was like based off of his mental um, illnesses and everything, which is kind of interesting. So, anyway, that's what I've been playing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, now I'm going to have to buy, you know, Five Nights at Freddy's and, like, spend the weekend under the covers with my iPad. <laughs> See, I liked playing the first one better on iPad because I, I could play it in the dark. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I can't even imagine playing it on my iPad. I think I'd throw my iPad. <laughs> you, play it, you play it under the covers in like your own little like kid fort, so when you throw it, it doesn't go anywhere. I seriously think I would throw the iPad across the room. Like, that. Ah, no! <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds... I saw that it was on tablets, and I was like, oh, hell no. I think I'm going to try that. I'm going to do that this weekend. Yes. There you go. <clears throat> All right. Um, that that wasn't too bad. Uh, what you drinking, Jameson? Done. Ha! We didn't do <laughs> reading, you heathen. All right, sorry. What you're eating, <clears throat> Dave? You read yeah. anything good? <laughs> Tell us uh, about. You know, I'm I'm actually reading right now. I'm working uh, on a collaborative project with a a friend of mine, Tony Healy. 
and uh, we both kind of traded uh, manuscripts. <laughs> so he's going through mine, I'm going through his, um, and eventually we're going to release them together. But uh, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Like he's he's got such a, a creative mind because um, he he's uh, he's really kind of a sci-fi guy, but he can tell stories in pretty much any genre. And so he's been really influenced by. Um, old Bruce Springsteen songs, like the 1970s era, The Boss, and he uh, <laughs> he came up with like a, I think it's like five total stories that have all been influenced by uh, Bruce Springsteen lyrics. And you know, knowing that premise going into it, I wasn't really sure uh, what to expect because uh, it's so different from what he normally writes. But, uh, but he's, he's done a really good job with it. I can't wait to to wrap it up and excited to get these out the door. Cool. So what's yours about? Uh, so we both kind of had this idea of um, of talking about how music plays such a huge influence in our writing, and mm-hmm. you know sometimes you know, when you you have like a, a novel you're working on or just like a, an idea that's fully fleshed out and you should be working on it, but it's all these like little scenes that keep jumping out that have nothing to do with your novel at all, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we were both just kind of kind of laughing about that how frustrating it is. You know, when you want ideas for like your big project, they don't come to you. It's always other things that are jumping out. So we thought it'd be really cool to create something where you could actually take these little scenes because if they're begging to get out, you might as well let them out. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just take them into like short little chunks, and and so his uh, his collection of stories are all uh, around the same character in the same town. Mine are all different, uh, just a little bit different style, and, and I kind of play around in a couple different genres. Like, I love sci-fi, I love paranormal, I love all that stuff, but then once in a rare while, I just want to tell something a little bit more sentimental. Um, so I, I feel like I'm all across the board in this. Like <laughs> It's pretty schizophrenic, but at the same time, like um, I, I hope there's like a, an overall theme that's uh, you know that uh, that carries them. If I did my work correctly, we'll see. <laughs> I think there's a lot of writers who can pull that off really well, so I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about it so much. I mean, just do what you need to do. Like Dan Sean does that a lot in his in his books. Um, he'll bring in elements of the paranormal, but it's still grounded in realism. But maybe it's not. But maybe it gets weird. But maybe it comes back. Um, and I think he just kind of follows stories where they need to go. So, you know, just do what you do. Yeah, so true. I actually had the chance to, um, he let me see his manuscript and it's really cool and I I think it's good, I think it's like a good platter of writing (laughs) if I want to put it that way and compare it to food I guess Um, (laughs) in a weird way. Um, Well it's interesting because I don't, like every story was totally different and all the genres were just different and I thought it was really refreshing because I didn't know what I was going to get into in the next um, chapter. So, good job. I, I swear I didn't pay her to say that. <laughs> no, she <laughs> <laughs> <You> didn't. <laughs> well, hey, that's, that's actually a good segue into mine, too, though. <clears throat> because um, my dirty little secret is that I'm actually more into novels than uh, anything else, like ever, anything, gaming, whatever. So, I was, I was reading your blog <laughs> earlier, and uh, I downloaded The Jumper. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so yeah. that's what I've been reading right before the podcast. It's pretty cool so far. I'm glad yeah. to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> too. I, I will be anxious to hear your follow-up thoughts on that. Yeah, all of the compliments tonight, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Cool. Um, so who else? Um, what's your name? Alicia. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> 
read news out of GDC, but on the on on the the better side of things, I've been reading poetry this week. I just I don't know, I'm just in the poetry space. Cool. That's and just it. Wendy, what I don't you need to Ah, I am not reading anything fun. So mm. I don't think there's a the last the last fun man again with the scare quotes tonight. Uh, <laughs> I read that book like Wild that was just a movie, oh, and, yeah. and I hated it so much. I couldn't get through it. I couldn't get through it. I, I tried twice. Like, I feel like if a one sentence summary of the novel starts with the words "one woman's journey." New, <laughs> new. No, no. I read it for a book club, and I hated it so much. So that's the only fun reading. And yeah. then uh, I'm working on a, a essay on ecofeminism in anime. So I've been reading a Ooh. lot about those two topics um, in regards to Princess Mononoke. So. Cool. Yep. Am, I, am I the only one left? It's you. Well, so what I have been reading um, is, uh, of course, stuff for class. Um, so well, My husband told me an interesting story about you today. Go ahead. That, that uh, <laughs> he's tainted Ready Player One for me. Yeah. <laughs> Victory! He is, he, has, he has planted doubt in my mind. Oh no! Don't tell me! Don't tell no, me! No, I doubt that it's a good book, but there uh -oh. was there was I was as I was like because I've I've read the book like three or four times. So uh -huh. as we were prepping for class this week, I said I'm gonna treat myself and listen to and listen to the um and listen to the audio book because Will Wheaton reads it. Yeah. Um, and I got kind of a fan crush on Will Wheaton, so um, <laughs> I was listening to it, and you know, and that after a while, I was like. Yeah, I can see. It's kind of like, eh, there's other things you could have done here that would have made more sense. And I'm like, see, now I sound like Terry. It's like, y'all yeah. <laughs> just need to chill and read the book. It's a good book. I've read the book like three I'm or four just, times. I don't think. So I was just, I was just, I know, and that's exactly what I was thinking. And I had to, I had to step back for a minute and just allow myself to um, revel in the sweet, melodious sounds of Will Wheaton. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I've been listening to Ready Player One again, and um, also been reading um, Catherine Hale's How We Became Post-Human. As you um, do. You too? Is that what you said? Oh, I said as you do. Right? As you do, yeah, because everybody does that for light reading on the weekends. Um, yeah. And uh, well, because I'm working on an article on posthumanism in Gamergate, believe it or not. Interesting. For uh, for where were you? Um, for a collection, for oh, an edited right. collection. Interesting. So Interesting. so yeah, uh, people put the weirdest shit together. It's like, oh look, there's some posthuman theory over here. Well, we could throw in some shit about some object-oriented ontology. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about it in terms of Gamergate because you know. Throwing a, a little actor network, and you've got the exactly spectrum. because there's there's def, there's some Latour in there too. You mm -hmm. got me. Mm -hmm. You got <laughs> me. <laughs> I'm there. I've been reading a little uh, Leotard. 
if y'all want to get into all that stuff. But. No. <laughs> Only if it has anything to do with anything about games, and I just spilled wine all in my lap. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a beautiful transition into what you're drinking. What you're drinking. Um, I, Dave, I don't know if we gave you a heads up, but we drink heavily while we're no, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to fly. I'm actually pretty Surprise. disappointed. I, I didn't think of that. Uh, <laughs> like here I am bringing seltzer water and and the Hey. <laughs> no, son. I love no. seltzer water. I love seltzer water. Yes. <laughs> I like seltzer water with some liquor in it. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. Okay, well, I, since I already spilled spilled mine in my lap, and this was only my third glass, and I am drinking a mediocre Pinot Grigio. You should have put some sparkling water in it. No. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> but the only so sparkling water drinking. I have right now is uh, lemon flavored, so I didn't want to. Oh, yeah, the, 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 the flavors are good with wine. I do it all, all the time. Yeah, but it has to be a sweeter flavor than lemon to mix it with wine. Oh, well, I'm using, uh, I, have, I have sparkling water and wine um, right now, and it's um, berry water and white Zinfandel. Jesus now, that's how sweet. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. have a lollipop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not that day. sweet, though, because there's not, like, sugar and stuff in there. Sparkling water. Well, well, you said, are you drinking a white Zen? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's sure. like Kool Aid anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, the, the the sparkling water doesn't add any sweetness to it. And you know, Alicia can't talk because she likes the Sprite of wines, Moscato. Right. Uh, I drink anything. I feel like Moscato. Well, let's not let's not throw shade on Moscato now. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> Look, I'm sitting here drinking Jameson, okay? Mm. Y'all step up to the plate. No, it's mixed. Give me, a, give me an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta teach in the morning. I can't be drinking all that hard liquor right now. <laughs> oh, let's see. Do we get everybody for drinking? Oh, lady. Mommy. Oh, what you drink? Oh, God, I know what you're drinking. What you drinking, honey? <laughs> oh, you can't reach it that way. I'll do the side. My uh, four more shots of espresso. <laughs> espresso. <laughs> I really think you need to go back to the alcohol because drinking all that espresso later <laughs> is not going to do you any good. <laughs> I, not good for I, you, <laughs> I graded 22 papers in one day. Like, yes, just I'm going like, to try this. <laughs> I support your life choices. And graded them. And I was like, here we go, let's go. <laughs> they, weren't even, they weren't even, like, late or anything. I had just gotten them a few days before, and I was like, might as well grade these 22 papers. Let's go. What else we got? I wanted to go through meetings. We need to get some stuff done. Maybe write a grant. I don't know. Check out an article. Let's go. What do we got? You know, I'm going to have to try that tomorrow. I'm so behind in my grading with our kids being out of school all week. <laughs> oh, shit. I might have eight shots of espresso all at once in the morning just to see what <laughs> the hell happens. Let's do it. Terry's going to take a kid in the afternoon. Just... Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do miss the booze, though. Wait, Wait. I didn't go. Um, so I'm drinking water, which is super cool. And I also didn't say what I was reading. I forgot. 
I was just, I was dazing out. Um, so <laughs> I'm reading um, my coworker's book called Night Owls right now. It's about a vampire that runs a, um, a bookstore on a college campus and it runs all Ooh. night. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so yeah, so that's cool. That's what I am drinking and what I am reading. Yay. That Yay. sounds like fun. I like bookstore books, believe it or not. Yeah. That's not weird. I like I books know. about bookstores. Seems like a weird <laughs> genre. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like urban, I think it's like urban fantasy kind of Has anybody, yeah, except Charlotte, I know she's probably read it. In fact, I think you told me about it. Mr. Penumbra's 24-hour bookstore. That was so good. Sorry. That book is so good. It's so good. It like okay. brings all of the things into the book. It does. Social media, games, the uh, data, secret oh, societies. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Libraries. It bring all the boys to the yard. It brings all the boys to the yard. Well, or girls, depending on what you're driving. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but does it have one woman's journey? No, no. it doesn't. <laughs> Damn it. See. It is Check the most. Out. It's probably the most fun book I've ever read. Like just sheer fun. Yeah, it's a good book. It's a fun book too. <clears throat> so yeah, I like books. I like books about bookstores. <clears throat> I'm gonna read it again. <laughs> just because. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, Alicia, are you ready, or should we come back? To oh you yeah, I was sitting here playing two dots. Um. <laughs> yes, I forgot that I'm on news tonight because Alex Lane. Sarah, Sarah's on news. She's in. She's at GDC. So oh, blame okay. her. All right, Sarah is at GDC, so I'm going to talk about GDC. Uh, there were two really big announcements. I mean, we, we don't want to spend a lot of time on news because we have Dave, but there were two really big announcements for us um, this week. I feel, and that was uh, the Crash Override Task Force. Uh, Zoe Quinn and company trying to stop online harassment, something obviously we've written about a lot, considering that, you know, we are a collective of women. And then just today, they announced the relaunch of Boing Boing's Offworld, uh, run by Lee Alexander, who is a stellar human, uh, and I would read her anywhere. And Offworld is going to be a place to feature uh, minority voices in gaming. Um, so I think it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see a site dedicated to women and minorities talking about gaming, talking about gaming culture, uh, and see what they do with it with the relaunch, especially with you know having Lee giving giving Lee such a big platform, uh, Lee and Laura Hudson uh, with Boing Boing behind it. So that's the news. Yep. Yay! That was a blunder. Thanks a lot. I do my best. <clears throat> So, and then we'll jump into the fun stuff, what we're all here for, right? And that's to talk to Dave tonight um, about some interesting things, not only his not only his work at BioWare, because that's interesting enough, but also about his own writing and his own uh, publishing, because that is even more interesting, because on top of everything else, we're, we are kind of a bunch of bibliophiles, um, <laughs> believe it or not, you know. <laughs> Some of um, us even have graduate degrees in, in I was going to say, and some writing. of us are even have like MFAs <laughs> and fancy shit like that. Um, <laughs> we love this shit. We have degrees in wording good. <laughs> we word good. We word very good. <laughs> we don't always talk so good by this time of night. <laughs> Especially if we're drinking Jameson. 
or espresso. <laughs> Thank you, Whitney. I feel supported. <clears throat> Excuse me, my turn to have a coffee fit. Um. So, um, Dave, if you don't mind, we'll just jump in and ask you some questions. Um, and sure. I'll I'm, I'll start with my questions. I only have one or two, and they're pretty simple. Um, and then we'll we'll once we really get into it, we'll start throwing things at you virtually and see how that works out. Um, <laughs> so, my first question is: Is how long have um, I'm going to start with Bioware stuff? Oddly enough, um, how long have you been a community manager at Bioware? Um, is the first question, and since that's pretty easy, um, <laughs> the second part of that question is um, one of the things that that we found interesting when we we've talked to other folks that that work in industry um, in different ways is to talk to them about the path that they took to get where they are so far, right? So um, you know, some people have done stuff like write for a Comedy Network and then end up at Nintendo, and then some people have done you know other fun stuff that didn't seem really connected. So tell us how long you've been working at Bioware and how to get there. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, I think uh, that is so true because you know you talk to people about their individual paths to get to you know where we are, and I don't think anybody has the exact same path. And mm -hmm. most of the time, it, it's never at all what you would suspect. So uh, for me, I, I started at Bioware about three years ago. Uh, I came in right uh, right at the end of. Um, uh, I guess it was launched for Mass Effect 3 right into Extended Cut, so that's, that's where I joined the party. Uh, so you can imagine that was a blast right off the bat. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, for, for getting there, you know, my path is, uh, you know, maybe it's, it's uh, a little more what you might expect. I actually got started uh, working in games retail right out of high school. Um, you know, I thought I would just get... You know, a little summer job to earn some money and uh, hopefully get to college. And then next thing I know, I'm I'm suddenly a career games guy uh, working um, for a a retailer. Uh, started off kind of doing like, you know, in store stuff, and then eventually worked my way up into purchasing and marketing. And uh, that was really where I kind of found my passion. Uh, I didn't even realize these were things that I I would be any good at, <laughs> but uh, it was a lot of fun. It really kind of just uh, tapped into that creative outlet that I was looking for. And by doing that, you know, I really built a, uh, a huge network of people because I got to work with so many different companies and meet so many different people within those companies um, that I, I sort of established like a, a good reputation in the games industry and I, I really just did everything I could to try to make my name synonymous with quality um, so that way people would remember me, you know, kind of years down the road. I could say, hey, remember that thing we did for Fallout 3? Well, hey, now I'm looking for a job, um, you know, that sort of thing. And, and honestly, that's uh, really what happened, <laughs> was that I, I had been trying to get on with Bioware for a long time, about eight years, actually, and it had just so happened that Bioware was looking for um, a replacement uh, in their social media team, and um, I knew someone that knew someone that got me uh, an interview, and the rest kind of went from there. Nice. Sounds good. <laughs> I think it's, if I can follow up, I think it's really interesting that your story is so similar to what I hear about so many positions in the gaming industry. There's not just one path, right? Yeah. Uh, we have a variety of ways of getting here. And I was thinking, in fact, I was writing about this yesterday, that I think part of that is because the industry, since it's been an industry, has been in constant flux. 
Like yeah. everything is always changing so much that there's there's no there's no one way to train people because tomorrow it's all going to be different again. <laughs> well, you know what's kind of funny is that the the video game industry, you know, like the way we know it today is is so different than it was even as much as you know, kind of 15, 20 years ago, where um, you know, I, to me, like I always thought video games were cool, and so it, it's hard for me to imagine a time where that wasn't kind of the norm. Uh, the video games weren't like the huge business they are today. And, you know, back in those days when video games started to grow and companies had, you know, really like no idea how to get started and what they needed and, you know, they were just kind of grabbing anyone and everyone uh, that, that they thought might uh, have skill sets needed to be successful in the games industry. And I think that if you talk to people that have been around, you know, some of the old timers and whatnot, uh, you know, they'll have even crazier paths, <laughs> you know, yeah. of, of how, they, how they got to where they are. <laughs> cool. Great. So I'll, I'll ask my second question, and I'll let some of the other folks jump in and ask their questions, too. Um, so um, I'll, I'm kind of jumping, <laughs> because I'm going <laughs> to jump from Bioware to, to your, own, your own writing. Um, but so when you think about... Um, how you create narrative um, in your own work and how you do well, one of the things I've been talking about um, with a bunch of uh, undergraduate and graduate students who do things like creative writing and rhetoric and composition and even um, a lot of our CGT and CS students is, is not only narrative design but world building. So when you think about how you do this thing in your own work, how does it affect how you think about and experience narratives um, in the games that you play. Well, it, it's true because it, it really does change your experience. Uh, you know, you, like in my case, I'm always dissecting and analyzing the narrative in kind of any form of entertainment I consume, whether it's you know other books, games, movies, you name it. Uh, as it relates to games, you know, I mean, for me personally, the, the bottom line is that I just really want a good story. Uh, you know, yeah, something that I care about, something that I'm going to invest in emotionally, and and if a game can accomplish that, I, you know, uh, being perfectly honest, I really don't care if the game is 60 hours or six hours, right? Like I just, I just want the experience to be worth it. And and I've played phenomenal games, you know, on both ends of the spectrum, and and it's tough because like when you when you do your own writing, you're so close to the narrative that you don't really see cracks in the foundation. And, and that's why, like, you know, like I, Ashley was talking earlier about reading my manuscript, it, it's why I use beta readers so extensively before publishing, because I, I don't want there to be cracks in the foundation uh, that, that I just can't see. And a beta reader is like an instant BS detector, right? Like, they, they will tell you, like, as straight as it gets, you know, whether, whether or not you need to work on something or whatnot. They don't really pull punches, which I love. Because I, I really want to understand how people perceive my universe so that, in turn, it kind of makes me rethink how I perceive the ones I play in. Cool. So you, you said something that, that made me have made a second question um, pop up in my head. You were talking about the games that you play. So other than Dragon, Dragon Age Inquisition, which you're, re, which you're playing right now, what's your favorite genre of games and what's your favorite game? Uh, for me, RPG uh, is, is far and away my favorite genre of game, and uh, and it's funny because you know I when I grew up on, on RPGs, like my first 
like the one that really kind of just knocked me on my butt was the original Fantasy Star on Sega Master System, and mm-hmm. it's it's just like I, I kind of miss that that turn-based style RPG. Like I know it's so archaic uh, by today's standards, but there was something so charming about those games uh, that I really miss. And uh, you know that's really what what got me into RPGs and really thinking about story in general. And then I I kind of took a break. You know I played through you know like the Zeldas and things like that, uh, of course, but then came along a little company called Squaresoft, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. in, in particular, I remember my brother had had purchased Chrono Trigger, and uh, and I was interested in it because it had like these huge reviews. I mean, crazy scores back in those days, and you know he beat the damn thing in like a week or two, and just said like, I'll tell you what, I'll just let you borrow it, and I was like, Nah, it's cool, man. I probably won't play it. And he's like, No, no, no. I'm just gonna leave it here, and you play it at your leisure, and so. Next thing I know, I'm missing meals, um, definitely <laughs> missing showers. Uh, you know, I, I might have like just just barely made it through class a couple times, but I mean, it was it was one of those games that just totally reignited my love of RPGs, and and that was it. Like once mm-hmm. I had played through Chrono Trigger, and and I mean, we're talking like all 13 endings, like within you know a month or two, just like I did not do anything else. Um, that, that was it. I'm just like, RPGs are my thing, and that's it, always been uh, kind of my, the driving force behind uh, what I want to play. It's something with a really strong narrative, and if the gameplay is, is equally as compelling, like, I'm sold. Yeah. No, I, that's funny. The funny thing is, is I'm with you on that. RPGs are definitely my favorite genre. Well, one of my favorite games of all times has got to be Grim Fandango, and I pulled Charlotte into the madness with the, awesome. uh, with the reboot. Um, I have to admit, and I'm not saying this because you're here, but one of my favorite game series of all times is was Mass Effect. Mm. He's like, mm. oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's my, one of those things, you know, where it's like, oh, you know, I, I know, I, I know, I work for the company, but I still really love Mass Effect. Yeah. Well, <laughs> is that, that that makes a really good segue to one of the things I wanted to ask, if I may. Yeah. Same, is that okay with you? Yeah, go ahead. Boss lady. Um, we've seen a lot in the past couple of years of companies talking about the risk of new IPs, right? Um, there's so much money that goes into it trying to create, like, especially a triple A title of new IP, so much money that gets poured into it if it doesn't succeed. You know, I mean, it can kill a company. But we saw such huge success with Mass Effect, people having such an emotional connection with it. And considering the conversation we're having right now, what kinds of factors do you think really went into that? What helped cause that success? Oh man, uh, that's a big question. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny because you know people will sometimes ask me if it's possible to work for Bioware and also be a fan of our games. And mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, my first introduction to Bioware was actually Knights of the Old Republic. And oh yeah, man! Did I fall in love with that game? That's a uh, really good game. <laughs> I mean, like, to the, to this day, right? Like you can you can pick that up and play for hours without even realize time has passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the thing is, though, that as much as I loved that game, it was really Mass Effect that completely changed the way that I felt about video games as a whole. I mean, it, it was suddenly like everything else that came before it no longer mattered because a, a new standard had been set. So again, I'm speaking for myself, not not as the company here, but you know, Mass Effect was really the first game to come along and really make me feel like it was my game. You know, like 
Garrus and Tally weren't just characters, they were my team, and I felt the weight of the galaxy on my shoulders because the game made me feel like it all hinged on my choices. Yeah. So, you know, Shepard may have been the vessel for the experience, but I mean, make no mistake about it, like, the, the game is mine, and it's yours, and it's, it's everybody else who ever played it, and I think that's what made it so great and memorable. And mm -hmm. what, I, what I love about video games today is that, you know, if you, if you build a game around a rich narrative, it's really such a rewarding experience for the player, and I think it's something that is continuing to evolve because you have, um, you know, the companies that do it really well are putting out some amazing titles. Uh, like, off the top of my head, forgive me, I ramble. Uh, off the top of my head, I'm, I'm thinking of stuff like uh, The Last of Us, uh, Bioshock, Heavy Rain, uh, The Wolf Among Us. Yeah. You know what? Telltale in general, right? I mean, those guys and girls are incredible freaking storytellers. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think like these are all games that are going to withstand the test of time because they've created memorable player experiences. And on a personal note, like I sincerely hope that that's the direction more games are headed in the future. But I totally get that that's not everyone's cup of tea. So I'm just selfishly saying that you know, hey, the more the merrier. Yeah. Okay. So I have to ask. Fem Shep or Bro Shep? <laughs> <laughs> I have way more Fem Shep uh, saves on my on my system than uh, than Bro Shep. But I love Mark Mir. He is such an awesome dude. Uh, <laughs> I had to ask. <laughs> I, uh, we won't hold Shep it for life. <laughs> <laughs> May I uh, jump in here? Sure. Yeah. So quick. Sure. So anyway, Dave, you're words just now and the passion in those words just totally moved me like I have a tear. <laughs> that was just that was just so well said and wonderful and I I agree that uh by uh, not Bioshock um Mass Effect was the game that made me feel like it was my game and you know that they were my teammates and they were also my friends and I also <laughs> I also I've never felt that way before. I mean, I felt it with Star Wars the old Star Wars, I felt like Han and Chewie were my friends. And I felt it with, um, oh, what's the other thing? I'm drawing a blank. I can't remember. I felt it with something else, too, but I felt it, oh, with Firefly. That's what I meant. Oh, yeah. Uh, Firefly yeah. and Star Wars and Mass Effect, those three things, I was like, I am here. This is part of my journey. Holy shit! These are my friends. Like this is like I've never felt that way about you know. It's like it's rare to come across something like that, and that's why I love Mass Effect so much. So, yeah. well done, well said. <laughs> Kudos. <Thank you. laughs> that's um, not a question. No, I'm sorry. It was just me gushing. I just had to. <laughs> it just moved me, and I felt like I had to say something. <laughs> um, I do have a few questions though but they kind of well they're not really clear segues but whatever um, <laughs> we'll make I, it work we'll make it work um, so I have I'm going to start with um, what does a community manager do if you could describe uh, what it is you do there <laughs> sure uh, I will try my best to, to ramble as minimal as possible that's okay uh, <laughs> Well, um, I mean, the role of community manager varies a bit by each company, I think, uh, because you have some companies where the uh, the community manager is sort of the face of the brand, so you, you see them in all the videos, they're at all the events, and usually it's you know their name signed at the end of every every blog. 
Um, at EA, you know, the role is actually a little bit different because rather than the face of the brand, uh, a community manager is the voice of the brand. And, and what I mean by that is that, you know, you're you're communicating to millions of players. So how you say the message is just as important as what you're saying. Mm -hmm. uh, a community manager, it kind of you know, their responsibility is to define what that voice sounds like and kind of set the precedent for the experience that players have uh, and, which, and honestly what they should expect when they come and engage with the brand. So mm -hmm. uh, just as an example, like if, if you follow Dragon Age on Facebook or Twitter or if you, you read the blogs on DragonAge.com, if you come away feeling both entertained and informed, then I've done my job. And um, I think the, uh, the other thing is it, it's not just about talking, it's, it's more importantly about listening. Uh, that one-way communication just doesn't cut it in 2015, right? right. Uh, and, and even if we can't respond to every question or comment, I mean, we are absolutely always listening. I, I know that sounds like such a corporate line, but uh, I can assure you, <laughs> because you know, I, I'm, I'm responsible for so much of that communication, uh, that we are absolutely listening at all times. Cool. And it's important because people have actually, and I don't know if this is always a good thing, um, case in point is the the whole madness that you came in on um, when you started working for for BioWare uh, is that sometimes I wonder how much listening is too much. Um, <laughs> like I said, I I love the the whole Mass Effect series, um, and you know, and but I I think I have a different understanding of games than some other folks in the games community do. Mm -hmm. So when I got the ending that I got, I was perfectly happy with that ending because that was the ending, um, that because that was the ending that was given to me, mm -hmm. right? And that's I think that was interesting. Um, and, and I didn't feel that I was entitled to something else. And I and I wonder, you know, how much. Listening is too much, but yeah. mm -hmm. I, I think it's true that, that there's definitely a balance um, because I, I I think it's it's difficult uh, at like a, a public level sometimes where you're you're trying to get your opinion across like mm -hmm. there's something that you you just want people to know and it it's not uh, you know video games aren't as reactive as as other things right mm -hmm. where if if there's something that needs to be done in game. That takes months of coding, uh, you know, teams working together to make it happen. You know, it's not as simple as like, you know, oh, you know, somebody wants like uh, a better weapon for this character, and we hear that and we're like, you know what, we want that character to have a better weapon, so we're going to do that. But it, it, it takes time, and I think a, a really good example of that is, uh, you know, Dragon Age Inquisition. You know, we we absolutely were going through and, and kind of surveying all the feedback that was coming in, like all the things that people wanted. And like one of the ones uh, in particular was party storage, right? Like it's something that, that has always been in Dragon Age that you don't want to, you know, lug around a bunch of extra equipment. But there wasn't one in, in Dragon Age Inquisition, and our fans definitely noticed. <laughs> and that was that was something where you know it, it was cool because the feedback would come in, and then the team just gets together and, and says like, you know what, logistically, like what's it going to take to put storage in Skyhold, you know, we can add it in a patch, and then boom, you know, it, it came out uh, this week, actually. So um, that's the kind of thing that, that makes me feel good about how communication is working in today's, you know, day and age of, uh, you know, studios and, and community. 
because those kind of things they do matter to us. Like we want to make sure that players are getting the experience that that they want, and you know, we're uh, whatever is within our power. You know, we're happy to explore. Yeah. Okay, Ash, go ahead. Do you want to ask your other questions? Uh, yeah, I want to actually uh, ask you more questions about um, reading stuff. <laughs> so um, I am curious about what you like to read. And um, I mean, we already kind of went over this, but I was going to ask if you had a favorite genre or a favorite book, anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny. And you want to talk about, like, dark secrets. Um, I actually wasn't even much of a reader, like, most of my life. And wow, shame. I know. I know, right? <laughs> and it, it was something where, uh, and maybe maybe this is a good chance for me to blame video games, but it, it wasn't until I got a little bit older and I started realizing that there's so many other types uh, of uh, of like entertainment that you can engage with to to get like a, a rich story, right? And mm -hmm. obviously, reading right makes a hell of a lot of sense. <laughs> and and when, it, when I got to a point where I, start, I wanted to start writing books and publishing books, you know, I, I met a lot of just crazy talented independent authors. And from that, I, I mean, I count some of them among my overall favorites. And you know, I will read pretty much any genre as long as the, the story and the emotional connection is there. Like, I, mm -hmm. I, just, I love a good hook, you know, something that just keeps my imagination fully immersed. And, and I'm going I'm to plug some independent authors because you've got writers out there right now like Bernard Schaefer, and William Bitka, um, Simon Cox, Courtney Cantrell, and then uh, my good friend Tony Healy that I mentioned at, at the beginning. I mean, these are all top-notch writers that are not well-known by any stretch of the imagination, but mm -hmm. if, if you were to look them up and like uh, in, investigate a little bit, read some of their work, I mean, I, I think you'd be just as impressed as I am. Mm -hmm. um, they're just so talented, and I'm so grateful that I've been able to meet such, uh, you know, fantastic writers. They're all very down to earth. Like we can have conversations about things and uh, help each other out. It's it's not cutthroat, you know, like uh, like I, I thought it would be when I got started. But uh, you know, the community of writers they really band together and just make sure we're all you know, we're all in it for the same thing. Right? We all just want to have fun, and tell our stories. What has been the most? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. What has been the most rewarding thing about writing to you? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, loaded question. I just this, have to ask. <laughs> this, this is going to sound like the most canned answer, and I'm so sorry in advance, but <laughs> I honestly think the first time I started getting uh, reviews back from people I didn't know, um, because it, it was one thing to, like, put out books, and, you know, like, if you've got a group of, like, close-knit friends and, and family that will read it, and they'll all say great things, right? And you expect right. that because, because they're your close friends and family. But when <laughs> when people I didn't know uh, started either kind of seeking me out on social media or writing reviews on Amazon, like, that's when it all felt real. Like, I'm actually able to entertain, and it may not be, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, but that's okay. It's it, If I entertain one person with something that I've written, like I could die a happy person, and and like I think that's that's really been for me just the most rewarding thing is, is knowing that someone out there that I'm not related to <laughs> uh, <laughs> was entertained by my work. Well, I mean, isn't that isn't that why we do it? Is so that we can we can reach someone, 
you know, and, and getting confirmation that that's happening it is that is you're right. I think it's it's the ultimate payoff. Absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting because you you talk about reading writers or authors who who aren't well known, and I know that like what do I have to say this one of my guilty pleasures in terms of books are mysteries. Mm -hmm. um, like I, if there's a mystery there, I am I'm down for it. And what one of the things that really turns me off about mysteries is when there is um, when there's there's a <laughs> well here's the here's the you know here's the lesbian in me but heterosexual romance elements um, so I prefer to have no romance whatsoever to men to, mm. to have to be, well and for and for a reason because heterosexual romance and a lot of mystery They're turns boring. into this very patriarchal and misogynistic thing because you get the very kind of um, Sam Spade I'm a man kind of, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean, right? That has to be carried out and carried into the romance as well. Um, so I find that reading a lot of independent folks, you get more, um, you get more, you get people who are more adventurous with the kinds of things that they write, um, one, and they don't feel the need to kind of conform to what they've written before. Yes, uh, all the can. They write the same thing over yeah, and over. Yeah, over and over and over again. So, yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying when you when you start talking about, you know, reading um, independent folks or, or folks that are new, like first novels even, um, because you can get some really good, really new stuff that doesn't feel like everything else that's been published um, already. So that there is something new under the sun. I totally that's agree. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's been my favorite thing about the whole ebook. Mm -hmm. All the new people. Yeah, it has been really nice in that it's just sometimes it's so hard. You know, I mean, it, digging through the bookstore, ebooks, anything is kind of like going into the app store. You're looking for a specific thing. <laughs> yeah. But damn, you got to wade through a lot of stuff to find it. Mm -hmm. I love it. When you do, it's so awesome. It is an awesome feeling, but sometimes it, it's very needle in the haystack, kind of like, wow. Especially if, like me, you're a hater and you have really specific tastes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not because, that big none, of a hater. because none of us here are haters. No. That's awesome. Just you. Just you. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy, we need to start a club because everybody else, I think, hates us for being haters. <laughs> Did you see me making faces when he was talking about uh, Telltale? <laughs> I know, but I'm going to have to agree to disagree on that one because I love Telltale. I, I, I accept the flaws. Let's just say that. <laughs> I love it despite the flaws. How's that? <laughs> and like Ready Player One? Um, <laughs> well, can we, can we circle back around to this idea of the community manager and, yes. and how people get into the industry? Because I would really just like to one and one of the things I think we we often like to do when we have someone like you, Dave, is hold an illustrious position, is to kind of see how we can pay that forward uh, when we deal with students, when we're thinking about ourselves, when we're thinking about careers. Like, what can people do to prepare, considering that there's so many crazy paths to get into it? What's something that that people can do to prepare to get into the industry? Sure. Um... Wow. Let's see here. Well, I mean, the, the Big role questions. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but, but very good questions. 
I mean, the role of community manager is is, is yeah, expanding so much these days. And I think the, the most important thing to know is that you really need to develop a skill set that's as well-rounded as possible. Um, because some people make the assumption that a community manager just sort of hangs out in the forums or like on social media talking to fans. But I mean, that's, that's not even close to the reality. Um, it, it's a portion of the job, sure. But, uh, you know, being a community manager is more like air traffic control. Uh, and I say that because you, you have so many teams within the organization that have messages that, that need to get out. And you're kind of like, the, you know, you've got the keys to the channels. So that not only do you have so many people that need to get messages out, but that information can change at a moment's notice. So, bleh, notice. Wow, I speak well and I haven't even been drinking. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Indeed. But you know, a community manager needs to be agile and, and well-organized for sure. Um, you also have to be prepared to multitask because when there's like a big announcement coming down the pipe, it's, a, it's a, a bit of a juggling act to make sure that everything goes off without a hitch. Um, I mean, you, you've got to execute as flawlessly as possible. Um, what else can I tell you? Uh, oh, a community manager, uh, you need first-class communi uh, communication skills. Like, you want to be able to, uh, to do that internally and externally. Um, I mean, you're, you're going to work with a lot of people, and uh, personalities sometimes clash. <laughs> but but you really have to remain professional at all times, uh, even when it's hard. And, and I think this is especially true when you're representing the be, uh, the brand externally, like like I'm doing now. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes people out there they just want to be jerks, right? And and they'll send you some pretty nasty, uh, mean spirited messages from time to time. And you know, it's it's tempting to to want to react with anger because I mean we're only human, right? <laughs> right. But uh, you 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 just have to do your best. You know, you you've got to. Uh, just put on your thick skin and let it go. And, and I know that's hard because I, I've heard plenty of stories around the industry about, you know, other community managers that have kind of retaliated and then they lost their jobs. Yeah. Um, you know, for oh, me, I mean, like, yeah. I'm just going to say that struggle is, is probably real because uh, gamers, man, fucking passionate doesn't even <laughs> fuck you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> Get off. It's, it's true, too, because, it, you know, it's like in your mind, you're like, God, it would feel so good just to say what I really think right now. But, you know, it, it's it's really, you know, it really is just understanding that, like, at the, you know, at the end of the day, I don't believe everyone is inherently evil. I think, to your point, right, people are, are extremely passionate, and yeah. sometimes understanding how to vocalize that passion is not in their skill set. So... You know, like, I, I try my best to just put myself in their shoes and, you know, look the other way if I can. You know, or, worst case scenario, I'm going to go boot up some Mass Effect, kill some Reapers, and then I'm as good as new. <laughs> well said, man. <laughs> well, we have a, a question from Sarah, who's at GDC right now. Um, but she's a community manager at Kabam, and she had a, um, a specific question. Um, <laughs> And, uh, Ashley, you threw this one up there. Do you want to go ahead and ask, and ask this one or someone? Yeah, that's fine. Um, so she wanted to know um, what you think makes Bioware, uh, like the Bioware community, stand out or unique among the game communities? Uh, if I'm being completely honest, it's our fans. Um, because I've, I've worked on uh, other games for other companies in this industry, and I can tell you that there is nothing like working with the Bioware community. Um, and I, I mean that sincerely. Like, 
it, you have people that connect with these games in a way that really makes community feel more like family. Um, I know that sounds cheesy, but it, it's like if you if you look at you know other games that maybe don't don't have that. Like it doesn't it doesn't unite people, right? Like uh, I love that Bioware games unite people in, in discussion, and and not everybody has the same opinion, and that's totally cool. But mm -hmm. I, I love that there's discussion, and to me that's that's what makes such a such a fun experience. Like if, if you want to be part of a community, you want to be part of something where you know people are engaged with each other. Um, you know, like I I've been to so many different events, right? Like you know the E3s and Comic Cons and all that, and and I've had a chance to meet so many people in person, you know, people that, that uh, beforehand maybe I only knew as a Twitter handle. And it's now to a point where, you know, now these are like people, uh, well, heck, Ashley, you're probably a perfect example of that because I, I met you <laughs> at PAX East. Um, and here we are today, you know, she, she's, uh, you know, beta reading manuscripts. Uh, it, it's just, it's such a cool thing, right? Like I, I've never had that experience on any other uh, any other company, any other title I've ever worked on, and I, I really think like that—that's a testament to just how awesome our community is. He met me when I was dressed as Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> wow, and you liked her anyway. Yeah, you think I was crazy? <laughs> oh, he loved you in spite of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we do too, Ashley. Feeling <laughs> <laughs> the love. So do um, we? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Go go. All right. I was just gonna say, Dave, is there anything about your job that we didn't touch on that you'd just like to say? Well, let's see. Can't say. <laughs> you're allowed to say, and I was like super secret and shit. Well, I mean, I, I think that the other aspect of my job that I think is so cool is that, you know, even though in title, right, I'm, I'm community manager, but, you know, behind the scenes, I, uh, you know, I have so many touch points uh, throughout the, the organization, and, and I love that. Like, it, it's not just, you know, showing up for work, writing some Facebook posts, and then calling it a day. Like, there are, there are so many other groups that I get to work with and I think like that's the part that keeps it so refreshing and uh, challenging because there's you know there might be a day where I need to work with marketing on you know writing like metadata for videos right and it sounds so boring when you say it out loud but but that collaboration is so much fun because you get to see how a trailer comes to life right from the very first uh, sketches which are always horrible and <laughs> and laughable. Uh, to the final video where you know all the final cinematics are put in, all the VO is in, and it's just it's really cool getting to see something brought to life, and you know working with another team on just making sure that the message is, is delivered, you know, in, in the right voice, that we're communicating the right information, that it's going out on the right channels. Uh, I mean, like that, that could be one day, and then the next day, you know, maybe people from you know business development need some feedback on. Uh, potential products that we're looking to make, you know, like new hoodies or t-shirts or, or books, whatever that might be. Uh, and I love that I, I have a seat at the table, you know, at, at so many other aspects of the job. And um, and I really am so happy uh, that that's the way this company works. Uh, because like I said, I, I've worked for other companies where it isn't like that. And um, I mean, I, I really feel that this company uh, goes out of its way to make me feel like part of the team and, 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 a, and a significant part of the team. So, um, I, I, I mean, I, I, I can't say enough uh, great things about you know the whole organization. 
See, I like mm-hmm. to hear that. I like to hear that, that companies that I like treat their employees well and like do a good job of building community. Then I don't feel guilty. Yeah. Like, give me <laughs> my money. Oh, all your money. <laughs> all the money. Giving them all my monies. I don't feel bad about that at that point. <laughs> awesome. Do uh, Does anyone else have questions for Dave before we uh, turn it around? And say, well, he added anything that he wanted to add. We can say, you can ask us any questions you want to ask about our lowly lives as academics. That's not fun. I'm kidding. <laughs> We're not that exciting. We are boring. It's a joke. Screw <clears throat> <Through> that. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Well, one day somebody will think what we do is interesting. No, they won't. Um, <laughs> Dave? No, no pressure. Validate us. <laughs> I have one last question. Dave? Right. Was it white and gold or blue and black? Oh, my God. You would not believe the debate that that sparked uh, within our team. Okay, I uh, live in the world, so yes, I would. Yes. I have serious about that shit. What happened was a couple people on the team bitching that everybody was talking about it, right? Like it was like, oh my god, I'm so sick of hearing about this. I'm so tired. And then it turned into like. Hey, you know what? Don't we have a picture of a mage in a white and gold outfit? <laughs> and, and then it was like, oh, God, no, no. And uh, yeah. then we're like, hey, in that Templar, if we put just a little tint on that, that looks blue and black. <laughs> and then that became uh, our morning one day, uh, just <laughs> trying, to, trying to have some fun and, and get in on the whole dress debacle. And then... You think that would be the end of it, except that somebody had to open their mouth on the team and say, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's white and gold anyway. And then someone else is like, excuse oh, me? Oh. And then, and then I think it was about a half-hour fight over what color that dress was. Um, yeah. So that was good you use you of time. You had skirted it, but <laughs> the dress comes back every time. We well, thought, right? We thought so. Yeah. Some crazy shit. That was actually a really fun day, though, because I don't know if uh, if you guys were, were uh, following our Twitter account that day that we were having some fun with it, but that <laughs> same day, we actually split our team into two, and we had, like, one group of people, like, really passionate about the dress idea, kind of working on that, and then I was on, like, the other side working on the... Uh, the escape llamas and like the llamas, yeah. <laughs> capturing video of you know uh, from the game. The llamas, man. <laughs> I, that I was, was a hell of a day for the internet. Exactly right. <laughs> I was like, there's no reason why we can't cap some holla running around you know the exalted plains and have some fun with it. And <laughs> I imagine like the people following us that day were just like, what in the hell are they getting paid to do over there? <laughs> Either the best job in the world or possibly the worst. <laughs> so here's the real question. Oh, shit. Paragon or Renegade? Oh, good question. Ooh. <laughs> Very good question. Uh, because I am a completionist at heart, I have to do both, and I have to go 100% both ways so that I can see everything. Okay, so oh, if you man. had to choose one... Which path would you choose? Right, right. 
Yeah, you can't you know, give a cheater answer. Uh, you did. That's fair. That's fair. I love well, I love both my kids equally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, the the funny thing is, like, even though playing as a renegade makes me feel like an awful human being, I am always like laughing maniacally. So I'm like, nobody can see me be this much of a bastard. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna enjoy it. Yep. And the real Dave comes out. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. That's okay, Dave. I, I tried. You. I had a playthrough where I tried so hard to be a renegade. <laughs> oh, oh, my this God. is my gaming confession, right? Because I'm kind of an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't Not do it. much of a convention. Oh, Are you kidding me? surprising. I, I played the way I would have played if I were the real Shepherd because that was the that was what I decided I was going to do. That was how my renegade playthrough ended up because I had played a Paragon and then I went back as a renegade. I was like, I can't, so I'm just I just gotta be me. So I, ended <laughs> I, went, up I played as me and, and it was like a hundred percent renegade. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> so apparently I'm an asshole in real life. <laughs> we can't be friends anymore. Appar you know? Apparently, apparently. <laughs> I would say, though, to yeah. be fair, there, there are characters that mean so much to me when I play that even if I try to play 100% Renegade, there's absolutely no way I can be a jerk to those characters. And so it makes it tough, because I'm like, oh, I just got Paragon points, damn it. Well, you know, it's like, the thing, what I discovered is that once you go so far in Renegade, it doesn't even give you, like, the real Paragon options anymore. It's like, no, really, you wouldn't do that. I'm not even going to offer that to you anymore. <laughs> because apparently no matter what I do, you're going to shoot people. So let's just give you that option. Just <laughs> cut to the chase. Man, I just, I just couldn't do it. So kudos to you. <laughs> awesome. Um, so thanks so much for joining us tonight, Dave. It was it was a blast um, for taking taking time to to answer our questions and participate in our madness, which is true madness. <laughs> um, and and we're just uh, you can hang around if you like because we're gonna wrap up and do our our last quick things, which are um, Charlotte can tell us what our deals for broke ass gamers are if she's still awake. I am totally awake. It only happened one time. One time. <laughs> and I will never let you time will live in infamy. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Um, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I have the boring, uh, I'm not, not boring, but typical, I guess is a better word. Humble Bundle Weekly is uh, monochromatic, which I think is super cool. It's missing the big monochromatic one, but that's okay. Limbo, of course, yes, we know. Yeah, no Limbo. <laughs> but it does have Never Ending Nightmares, which I think Ashley played, right? Yep, I did. And The Bridge. So, this is another one that's in there. Yeah, The Bridge looks really cool to me. The Bridge looks cool. Um, it has Dominique Paplamoose, which we had her uh, on the show one time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and it, it's, uh, I don't know, it looks pretty cool to me if you're into that you know, platformer kind of thing. I mean, mm -hmm. Dominic Kaplan's isn't, and I don't think Nightmare, uh, Never Ending Nightmares is, but The Bridge and Closer both look like platformers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, and then also, um, looks like Amazon is having a sale on some older Rockstar games. So they have Max Payne for $2. This is for PC. Oh, wow. uh, Max Payne 2 for $2. Midnight Club 2 for $2. Manhunt for two dollars. I think some of those are worth about two dollars. <laughs> well, I don't evil. know. 
Uh, Holy scholarship. Well, I was surprising I couldn't be a renegade. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, L.A. Noir for six. So those are not all bad games. Regardless uh-huh. of what I think. And I um, saw that you're having a, a Steam OS game sale. So all the games that are being released, there's like 20 games that are being released on Steam OS this week. Um, <sighs> they were, they're all marked down like pretty significantly. Um, so check those out. Somebody would send me a Steam box. Mm-hmm. Can I just say how much I love L.A. Noir? I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> I liked it too. Six bucks is totally cool. worth it. Six I mean, bucks is totally worth it. Six bucks, man. I, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's, I a, that's a good weekend of gaming right there for six bucks. <laughs> If you can ignore the uh, seductively posed naked women, I mean dead women, yeah. You know, if, you, if you've played a game in your life, you've probably seen some seductively posed dead that's, and naked women. Yeah, that's... Uh, so, yeah, yeah Hitman, yeah. The whole nine. Yeah. True fact. You're right. Oh, look, set dressing, women's bodies. <laughs> dead, women, dead women, dead women, yeah, dead women. Yeah, so ain't no thing. All right, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to go there. Take it to the dark place. Didn't mean to take it to the dark place. Derail. Mm-hmm. Any other good uh, <laughs> any other good deals? Oh, I, I have haven't seen this. I have to admit oh. this because I broke down and did something I said I wasn't gonna do. Because uh-huh. you know we have Skylanders and we have Disney Infinity figures and we have yeah, like I was fixing to go there. That was my question. Stupid <laughs> figures in my house, <clears throat> including. Yeah. Like like four or five infinity figures that we bought mm-hmm. in the thirty seconds before my kid decided she was never gonna play Disney Infinity again, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they never even got opened. Uh, but we were out shopping and she saw the Princess Peach amiibo, and yeah. she was she was entitled to a um, book chart reward, so we got the damn Disney I mean the the damn amiibo. Um, and then I was like, well, you know, Walmart is supposed to have the special gold Mario Amiibo. Like, if I'm buying Lord. all these Amiibos, looks like I'm going to have to buy Mario Party 10. <laughs> so I'm just going <laughs> to sucked in all over again. I'm going to admit That's what I was going to say, is it seems like the deal boards are, like, all, like, obsessed with these Amiibos. Like, well, not even, like, for deals, just, like, where you can find them. Yeah. Because yeah. Mario and Party I don't really understand what I'm supposed 20th. to do with it. I know like that, Pokemon, like, kind of. I know, I know the new 3DS is supposed to have like some capability to do something with them. Yeah, you can do the same thing you can with the Wii U. Is use it, put the amiibo on there, and use it like a Infinity or a, a Skylander figure, and it saves like power ups and crazy stuff on your on the in the actual amiibo. So this is not something I would be interested in, right? Well, you bought the new 3DS, so apparently you have to buy the amiibo too. I don't think I don't think it's that's a rule. Something. <laughs> I don't think that that doesn't sound like you know it's funny sound I like a broke ass say, game deal. Yeah, I started to say like the last thing I would be interested in is some extra peripherals, but then I was the one who was all like, "Oh my god, new rock band!" Earlier, <laughs> heck yeah, heck yeah. Uh huh. More junk around the house. More junk around the house. Mm-hmm. More things to throw money at. I was gonna ask Dave, are you, are, did you get pulled into any of the Skylanders or the Disney Infinity? No, I, you know, it's it's one of those things where I had um, some friends, you know, with kids that were 
really into it, and they kept telling me like, "Oh, it's not it's not the kids' game you think it is. Like, it's it's actually so good." And by then, I'd already missed the boat. So I'm like, "Well, I'll I'll catch it one of these days." So I have like this list of. Uh, I, mean, I think we all probably have like our stack of shame, right? Like all the games that we've purchased because we were going to play them, yeah. and they are uh-huh. s- still in cellophane like years later. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, Skylanders wouldn't fit in that pile, so <laughs> maybe one of these days. I just carefully walked my son past every Skylanders display ever, and I was like, maybe eventually, by which I mean never. Ooh, I, I have, now I have to make sure that he plays those when he comes to my house. God, I hate you. <laughs> well, you know, and that, that's interesting for uh, because, blah, and I totally lost it that quickly. <laughs> Have a fourth glass. It's <laughs> probably finished by now. That's the problem. Have another drink there, Sam. I know. Every other Thursday is hell on my liver. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep swigging my espresso. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I give up. I don't know what I was gonna say at this point. <clears throat> but yeah. It's just no surprise because I'm horrible. I have poor impulse control, so I buy everything. Yeah, she does. That comes across. It's like, oh, look, I need this. It's for research. Yeah. Shiny. That, see, that's the good part about doing games research is you, have, you can justify that kind of crazy stuff. <laughs> that's true. All right. Charlotte, is that it for ideals for broke-ass gamers this week, darling? That's all I got. <clears throat> okay, so we'll do a quick rundown and say thanks for joining us for the 96th episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast. Yay, we're almost to 100. we got to do something special. We can't say this. We're going to get to 100 and be like, uh, well, I guess we're not doing anything. Oh, God. <clears throat> um, so, but we have to plan to do something special for 100. <clears throat> We've only got two months. So, <clears throat> got two months to plan. But anyway, so uh, feel free to um, send us email, voicemail, video mail, whatever kind of mail you want. You can send it to us at our email address, which is nymgamer at gmail or you can use the lovely flyouts both on our web page and on our Facebook page to live, leave us voicemail. Um, we'll be happy to answer in kind. Um, and you can always, always, always like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at at NYMGamer. And if Twitter or Facebook and all those other wonderful things are not your thing, you can find the Not Your Mama Gamer Tumblr at nymgamer.tumblr.com. And if you're ever bored, it seems to be late at night, (laughs) and you want something interesting on uh, on your Twitch channel, you can... Check out the uh, NYM Gamer uh, Twitch stream, which we seem to be streaming a couple times a week now, and we'll get a more regular schedule going once people are like, "Yay! Look how fun this is!" Um, <clears throat> hint, hint. Um, <laughs> see how that works. Don't out. don't hint. I've been streaming, but yes, on my you own. Yes, have, darling. I know. It's, it's not gonna happen. It's so. NYM Gamer underscore Alicia. And I apparently am funny not using the regular anymore. and not using the regular channel. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so that being said, uh, until next time. Once again, thank you for joining us for episode ninety-six. <clears throat> and until then, stay warm, stay dry, 
Stay safe. And as always, my friends, game on. Game on. Game on. Game on. Game on. Thank you.